Okay. Hello. This is episode 34 of Inspiring Insights. Happy to have you all here with me tonight. Let's Gaelic for hello and welcome. I, I welcome you into this space. I hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. And I'm so, so happy to be joining all of you fantastic people and everybody that's uh, watching this replay as well. So welcome in, welcome in. A little about me, I am an uprooted Newfoundlander. I have Irish and Welsh descendants. I grew up on the rock, honoring the tundra and the forests of the Beatuk, a people who suffered and were actually erased by colonial conquest of Newfoundland. Uh, the Mi'kmaq, the Innu, and the Inuit still live in what we now call Newfoundland and Labrador. And as the offspring of two teachers, I have much to learn and much to step into in my own teachings. And uh, this podcast is a, is a product of that. I teach mindfulness and I offer soul coaching now. I take up space physically in Toronto. Uh, this is a land that is and was attended by a lot of nations over the years, including the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and more recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit. As a newcomer and a settler, I have been invited to lift the one spoon with all others who live here and care for this land within the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Belt Treaty. I commit to respectful collaboration and representation here on this podcast. And just as I have been invited to lift the spoon, I invite others to take up the thread and the needle with me as we weave a new world of possibility in wellness and in healthcare. This means decolonizing my language, my career, um, the ways in which I and others think and act about medicine and about mindfulness about spirituality and about healing. And it includes using my voice on this platform uh, for change and for breaking cycles. And today is a very special day here today. It's May 5th, which is uh, across Turtle Island anyway, what we now know as Canada, uh, the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. It's, uh, it's common to, for folks to remember uh, these people who are murdered and are missing by wearing red. So thank you, Dr. Kristen, for also wearing red. Um, you know, Canada's genocide on Indigenous folks, um, I, I think over the years has been quite calculated, purposeful and deliberate. And there's a report um, that I was reading about it today, the National Enquiry's final report. I'll actually link it for you folks in the chat as well. There we go. And for everybody watching the replay, I'll make sure to put that in the comments. But this report makes very specific calls to action, calls to justice for the Canadian government um, because they've been so slow to move on, if at all. <laughs> uh, the fact that, you know, the insistence on violence against Indigenous women persists and continues to persist today. So have a look through that report. Um, and today we honor our missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, our family. So doing this work of healing, of decolonizing, of examining our own implicit bias and shedding our ingrained oppressions uh, is hard and it's heavy and it's very important to keep doing it. So congratulations, you're on the path and we are here to help. Um, that's what Reawaken does as well. If you don't know where to turn, just come to us and uh, we'll put you in touch with some really awesome people, practitioners, wellness coaches, etc., that are uh, dedicated to anti-oppression. And Corinne, I'm just going to mute you. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, so everybody here, uh, you know, drop a little wave. Maybe tell us where you're recording, uh, where you're recording, where you're tuning in from. And um, just say hello. And yeah, like I said, any questions that you have, just feel free to write them in the chat as we go along or comments, you know, uh, applause, whatever you like, snaps maybe. Uh, we, we appreciate those. So uh, Dr. Kristen, I'm gonna read your bio and then we'll get right into it. As a naturopathic doctor, Kristen Mark provides a holistic approach that is both, both evidence-informed and patient-centered. 
Kristen believes that deep healing begins by honoring the body's innate wisdom. This idea has been integral to her own healing journey and has led her to shine a light on the ways we train ourselves to ignore what our bodies and our hearts tell us. Kristen offers genuine healthcare that is straightforward and supportive. She believes that knowledge is power, which has inspired her to create educational seminars that are both informative and very practical. I really, really love Dr. Kristen. Uh, we went to school together and um, she is, you know, if I can say myself, quite a powerful, powerful healer. So thank you, Dr. Kristen, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's, um, yeah, wonderful to be here in conversation. I always enjoy our conversations one-on-one. Uh, -on -one, and so it's great to invite lots of others to join in as well. Yes, we are in around the fire here tonight. I'm very, very excited. This is going to be a chat about healthy boundaries and how, you know, Dr. Kristen, I know that you've had uh, lots of, lots of work, uh, self-development on your own, you know, boundaries and, and through self-awareness, I think um, mm -hmm. that piece is, you know, not to be neglected. So let's get right into it. Maybe mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your, your story and how you, you know, is this a new age concept, concept or is this like <laughs> actually like, are, have boundaries always existed for you yeah. or what? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's a new age concept at all. I think that it's often framed that way mm -hmm. and it can feel a little bit like, yeah, that's not for me, but I think it applies to everyone. It's, I'm pretty sure it's always been a thing. Um, so a little bit about my story in terms of how I got here. Um, I ended up with chronic pain. I had really intense, uh, back pain at 17 years old. And so, um, that really impacted me. It took several years to figure out why. Several years of being told it's probably just in my head. Maybe I'm just depressed and looking for kind of reasons to not, you know, do the things I need to do. Um, I eventually got a diagnosis and that felt validating. I had two herniated discs in my spine, degenerative disc disease. And when the doctor kind of read my report, they're like, oh, do you want more painkillers? And so it was like, okay, I feel validated. Yes, my pain is real because now someone told me it's real, but there was still no solutions offered. And so it was several years in my young adulthood of just being told, well, you know, here, just take the painkillers or you're never going to feel better. Um, until this point where I'm, I'm in chronic pain, I'm miserable. I'm feeling pretty dependent on, you know, um, anti-inflammatories and painkillers to get through my day uh, and I am starting to wonder is this kind of all there is is this all there is to offer <laughs> um, I, I broke down in tears one in one day in a physiotherapy appointment when the physiotherapy the physiotherapist would just told me you know what I think you're just going to always be in pain so probably you're just going to have to figure out how to deal with it no. and that prospect of being you know so young and this is my life ahead of me like I mean it was crippling pain like I could collapse walking down the street if it, anyone has ever had sciatic pain you'll know it's very intense um and it can it really can just take over so um it was a, a slow transition from there for me where I thought you know what this just isn't good enough and I started exploring more about different options I decided to wean myself off of all of the medications that I was being prescribed and look at other ways of healing, other ways of managing pain, other ways of resolving pain. And I think that really started me rolling on looking at different ways that I could help to make my body feel better, that not just accept being told, you know, this is how you're going to feel and that's it, just deal with it. And I don't have one of those dramatic stories of just like, and then I discovered naturopathic medicine and everything was better <laughs> because I just don't think that that's very common. It certainly um, wasn't how my life went. It was certainly a, more of an incremental process, but it certainly was transformational as well. And so every little bit of uh, information and discovery that I made into natural healing just helped to strengthen that idea to me and that drive. Like, yes, there are things out there that I can use to help my body feel better. So the more that I was able to tune into how I was feeling and how I responded to different things that I would try, 
the more empowered I felt and the better I felt. Whereas I had been given all of these drugs to numb the pain, the more I allowed myself to tune into what I was feeling and explore the different opportunities to change that, the more empowered I felt in my ability to make myself feel better. And so it was, you know, not just one thing, it was um, osteopathy, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, all kinds of um, physical medicines, you know, even just figuring out different ways to move my body, all contributed to this healing process. And so it was the physical, but I didn't realize how much the emotional and psychological aspects were totally tied into what I was physically experiencing. And so working through all of that was, um, yeah, really transformational process for me. And it was all centered around this idea that there are things that I can access, that I can use and, and apply in my life that are available to me that can make a massive impact on how I feel each day. And that actually have completely changed the trajectory of my life. And so I decided to pursue a career in naturopathic medicine because I wanted to lift that veil for other folks too. Because I see how many people are walking through this world like feeling like crap all the time with no hope that it's gonna get any better. And I was there, I was a pessimist. I thought, oh, eating healthy, you know, avoiding toxins, that sounds like a lot of work. And, you know, there's always, you know, going to be toxins and, and bad things that are around us. We can't control it all. So why try and control anything? I'm so glad that I tried to control something anyway. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. We can't control it all. But there's so many things that we can do to empower ourselves to make an impact in our life each day. And so I wanted to, you know, share that with other people. To me, it was a hard road to find these things. They weren't just handed to me or presented to me. And so I wanted to be able to contribute to, um, you know, opening those doors for folks. Right now, it's still swimming upstream to make healthy lifestyle choices each day, to make healthy food choices, to assert healthy boundaries. It's upstream. It's not what's generally accepted. It's not what kind of, it seems like everyone is doing. And I want to be part of that movement to change the current in the other direction um yeah so that's just a little bit about how I kind of got to where I am and ended up here talking to you about boundaries <laughs> I, I want to say full circle but maybe we'll say like full <laughs> full box boundaries <laughs> you know what it's it's not a box I don't think it's a circle I think like spirals or something you know yes. there's always so much curving movement and we don't exactly know where we're going to end up um, and sometimes it feels meandering, but I feel that there's still directionality that that matters and that's, you know, natural. <laughs> yes, so much so. Thank you, Dr. Kristen, for just, yeah, putting that so eloquently into words. And it's that momentum, it's that wave, you know, that mm -hmm. we're all on. And I think mm -hmm. there's so many of us that deal with chronic pain or just pain in general, and doesn't have to be physical. <laughs> yeah. You know, pain, pain is pain is pain. Um, the body kind of understands pain as as pain, you know, whether it be back pain or whether it be emotional grief or whatever. So, you know, as you spoke, it kind of got me thinking, how do we exist in this world um, as, as intact human beings, being really in touch with our bodies? <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, how can we cultivate this self-awareness enough to know what's mine and mm -hmm. what's different from, you know, what's other people's, mm -hmm. what's different? How do we do that? I mean, individually maybe, and then uh, is there a way we can do that on a community basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't think there's just one way, but I do think that the idea of cultivating self-awareness is crucial. So there's so many, ways and paths to follow in life, paths to healing. But I think that the idea that we have to cultivate that self-awareness, tune into ourselves is really fundamental. And I don't think that we can get very far with self-improvement without that. And I don't think that we can get very far with making really strong, deep connections with other people and building community without that either. We need to know ourselves in order to properly connect with other people and allow other people to know us. 
So there are many ways to cultivate self-awareness and there are so many levels to it, right? And so it doesn't have to be, you know, a week-long silence retreat where you're meditating all day. That might be wonderful, but it might not also be accessible to just anyone. That said, cultivating self-awareness is something that's available to everyone. And it's just a matter of finding at what level you're ready to start. And so one of the um, sort of starting points I often recommend is just setting a timer, even on your phone or whatever you have near you all day. Usually it's people's phone. <laughs> just to remind yourself to do a quick check-in. So it, it'll just, you know, the timer will go off and you'll say, okay, how am I sitting? Like it might just be a posture check. That's one way to do it. It might be, am I breathing? Is my breathing shallow? Am I holding my breath? Um, it might just be, you know, do I have to pee? You would be shocked at how many people are just holding their pee because they think they need to finish this much work before they're allowed to go to the bathroom. You don't. If you have to go, just go. But whatever check-ins might make sense for you, right? So you just start somewhere, pick a thing that you're going to check in on yourself with. And you can expand those things. So maybe, you know, as you get used to this idea, when you have your pause, you'll check your posture and you'll check your breath. And then you'll just kind of check in, where were my thoughts? Was I focusing on the task that I was doing? Or was I writing a grocery list in my head or thinking of the 20 other things I have to do this week? Or just thinking about a show I watched? Like just kind of check where the thoughts are. And the really crucial thing with this process is one, you do it, but two, you do it non-judgmentally. We're looking for awareness. We're trying to notice what's happening in our body, what's happening in our mind. We're not judging it. We're not trying to change it. We're just cultivating awareness. So that's one sort of piece. That's how we can start to cultivate that individually. You can work on meditation practice. You can work on breathing exercises. You can do guided body scans where someone's gonna walk you through that body awareness. You can decide, you know, you're out for a walk. Let's tune into just my sense of hearing and what do I hear on the street? What do I hear in this park? Tuning into any of our senses at any given time, checking in on our feeling or the experience of what's happening as our, us as an individual at any time is all part of cultivating self-awareness, of developing mindfulness. And it's a way that we can get to know ourselves well. And that is a basis point for understanding how we need boundaries and how to build them, how to let other people know what they are. Mm. Oof. Hands up anybody, everybody who, you know, has experienced struggles with their boundaries. <laughs> yeah and I know Dr. Kristen's actually going to take us through like this is like a great beginnings chat sorry my heater's on I hope it's not like super annoying for everybody let me just turn that off um Dr. Kristen's actually going to take us through actually creating a boundary through meditation after so stay tuned till the end for that um there's so much in self-awareness it's it's uncanny i think when we when we actually come into our bodies into the senses mm -hmm. and that's one thing i'm just chuckling as you say that because i'm like this is the one thing that i teach the most is really trying to tune back into our senses and i feel like a lot of us here empaths a lot of us here you know have this sense of like the sixth sense right and we're always trying to like get to that point we're always trying to like raise the vibration into our third eye into our crown chakra and it's actually like really beneficial to not do that and to just focus on the gifts that we were born into in our bodies yeah. uh it's a privilege really to, to do that right and to just take a breath like i was talking with of a breath work with somebody today and they were like oh i've never done breath work before i'm like well you're 30 years old <laughs> you've been breathing <laughs> you've been there right so it's like this unacknowledged part of it right and i think that's a big big part of creating boundaries is intentionality around it mm -hmm. um and sometimes we feel like violated or we feel like someone's crossed our boundaries and we don't know even where that happened or that we had the boundary or that we should have maybe named it 
Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what, what do you feel about like unacknowledged or acknowledging boundaries? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you've tapped into several points. I do want to speak to the fact that you're talking about everyone, you know, focusing on crown chakra and bringing all of the energy up here. Mm -hmm. Anxiety and overthinking already has us way up here. We need to yeah, come back down to the ground, come back into our bodies and really notice how we're feeling and reconnect that mind-body. We need to actually have that integration, right? That we're here in our bodies right now, wherever we came from, wherever we're going, but we're here now in our bodies. And so it really does help to keep us tuned in with our needs in the moment if we, if we can stay here or bring ourselves back when we notice that we're all over the place. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that oftentimes we think about, oh, I should have better boundaries. I should, I should be doing this. And, and it's always in retrospect and it's always in the context of shooting ourselves. I should be doing that. I should have done this. I did that wrong and feeling bad. But that doesn't really help us build for the future, right? So it's important to still notice, okay, I feel like I was, I feel violated. I feel like something, a line was crossed. I don't know if I should have, should have done something differently, but I know that something went wrong. And so being with that feeling, not judgmentally, compassionately with ourselves and understanding where those feelings might be coming from. What are those feelings? Is there sensation in our body that uh, indicates to us that violation? Are there thoughts or emotions that come up? Memories that might come up? Um, so that's part of the work. It's also about un trying to understand the situation to the extent that you might be able to identify, okay, at what point did something feel like um, a transgression? And so that helps us to better know when we can um, see something coming a little bit. So in some cases, that's possible. It's not possible in all cases. It helps us to know if this is something that's happened with someone we have a relationship with. It means that we can understand it enough to share that with the person. They can't read our minds. They may not have done this intentionally. They may not want to be um, you know, harming us in this way. And so understanding what, what has hurt us and what our needs are helps us to then articulate it to the people that we care about and the people we want to maintain relationships with or have to maintain relationships with and let them know, okay, this line should not be crossed. That's a whole other conversation as well in terms of how do you articulate that? How do you have the confidence to actually say, okay, this is not okay with me? The foundational work is building enough confidence and trusting yourself to know, yes, that wasn't okay with me, that that's valid in understanding. So that's really the first thing. And that should be enough because even if we t tell someone, okay, have this boundary and it changes later because we learn more about ourselves, that's also okay. It was still relevant for that moment and that's valid. If we're not sure, but we think this would help us, still valid. So the whole process is, uh, it's not linear and it's not one-sided, right? Foundational is always understanding what's going on with us and, and the way that we do that and work on it is by cultivating that self-awareness. It's not um, a one-shot deal. It's something that's going to transform and you know, develop over time, just as we do as humans. We're not static beings. And so our needs and our preferences also develop over time. But if we never spend the time to consider what those needs or preferences or aversions may be, we're never going to be able to get a sense of uh, what a boundary might look like, what and how to communicate that to other folks so that those boundaries can be respected. Did I answer your question? <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. Okay. I think so. I, I feel like that was beautiful. And I was actually just writing in the chat because I had to write the, the things you were saying down. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like a good list, you know, trusting yourself in the moment. That yeah. is so key. Mm -hmm. And then understanding again from that trust that it's a dynamic process that you're going to have to return that, you know, the boundaries that you may have set for yourself yesterday are maybe not the ones for today or 
in terms of relationships, you know, the boundaries that you set at the beginning, six months later, a year later, 10 years later, probably aren't the same, right? Exactly. And it's okay for them to change. It's great. It's a good sign of growth. But we also have to then communicate that and acknowledge it for ourselves and communicate that and acknowledge it with the folks that we interact with. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a question coming in from the audience mm -hmm. um, about the difference between boundaries and putting up walls. Is now a good time to, to tackle that? I feel like it's Why right not? on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the difference between boundaries and putting up walls, can you comment totally. on that a little bit? Totally. I... I feel like this is also maybe a, a point for me to say, I'm a person who traditionally put up walls <laughs> because I didn't really, that felt safer. Mm -hmm. And so I'd rather put up walls because I didn't really know how to have, you know, flexible boundaries or like semi-permeable boundaries. If we can go there, we'll talk about that. I think a bit more too. But um, so boundaries are walls, but they're not like brick walls, right? They are maybe walls that you can kind of see through or you can you get to decide who can cross or not and when. So they're a lot more flexible. You can put them up, you can bring them down, you can move them around. Whereas walls are feel very, very closed. When we have boundaries, it doesn't mean that we're blocking anything from coming in and going out. It means that the only things that can go out and come in do so with our permission. Okay, so I really want to be clear on that. It's about permission. It's about consent. And so it's not about all or nothing. It's not about total blockage. We want to have connection. We need it. We need human connection. We need to really deeply connect with each other, but we don't need to connect with just anyone. We don't need to connect with everyone or just anyone at any time. Even people that we love and who we know care about us, sometimes we need boundaries with them because we're just not ready for whatever they're offering at that time. And that's okay. We need to recognize, though, that it is different than building a wall because you can still have a really fruitful and giving and reciprocal relationship with people while still maintaining boundaries with them. In fact, you're more likely to have a reciprocal, healthy, mutually supportive relationship if you are both able to respect each other's boundaries. And so part of that is understanding what our own boundaries are and articulating them when that's relevant and when we can, and checking in with the folks that we're interacting with about their boundaries. And if we're not sure if we want to kind of push in a certain direction, check in and ask. Just ask. Mm. Oh, I, as you were speaking, I'm like, yes, honey, <laughs> yes. Oh, truth, truth, truth. Mm -hmm. I, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to let that settle for a second. The walls piece is big. And it's, you know, the person who asked this question, like, like just wrote it to me to ask. And I feel like it's not just <laughs> you, okay? It's like everybody does this. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I, I want to bring it back a little bit to the sense of trusting yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know trust i think in a way sparks confidence right and you can see it in in yourself and in others who have this confidence they trust themselves right whatever they're wearing whatever they're doing it's like mm-hmm <laughs> so like and then this comes up this brings like a the concept of assertiveness into the picture right and you mm -hmm touch on that a little bit again in terms of a relationship and that, like, asking and like checking in and asking if it's okay so like how can we fully make known our needs um maybe to ourselves first like yes trust but is there more and then mm -hmm. uh so in order to like allow other people to also maybe cross that boundary and let let them in mm -hmm. yeah again there's no easy answers here right Mm -hmm. There's no easy answer, I think, for how to trust ourselves. It's just like there's no easy answer on how do you trust someone else because there's no guarantee. There's no way to guarantee in advance that what we put trust in is going to be worth trusting. Mm -hmm. That's what trust is. That's the it's risk. A, it's an act of faith, right? And so I'm really just asking you to have faith in yourself that you'll be able to learn more about yourself you'll be able to get better and better at 
sensing what your feelings are telling you, sensing what your body is telling you. You may not get, get it right every time. You may not get it right right away. But the more we work at it and allow ourselves the space to give that credit to ourselves, to say, I don't know, this person seems all good on paper, but I have this weird feeling. And to say that that's okay. And to trust that and not just give it to, well, I shouldn't be, no, no, it's all fine on paper. It's probably just fear. It's probably just irrational. No, no. Put the trust in yourself. Give yourself a chance. And maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're right. And so the only way that we're going to build that confidence is by giving it a try. And the more we give it a try, the more confidence we'll have in it because we'll see how it's directing us and we'll feel better about it. And certainly self-doubt is bound to come up. It's bound to come up. But we need to work through that as well and come back to that. Okay, I'm worth giving myself a try. If I can trust anyone, I should be able to figure out how to trust myself. And even though we sometimes um, will have experiences that have let us know that we should not trust ourselves, I really want to encourage folks to still have faith that things can change, that not every decision is going to be bad. There are ways to heal that damage that we've done to ourselves and to forgive our past selves so that we can give our present and future selves a chance. Mm. So, yeah, how do you learn to trust yourself? You really just have to give it a try. <laughs> and I will go back to what I said before, that mindfulness piece, that cultivating self-awareness is really helpful because even when it just comes to noticing our posture, it's ways that we tune into our body, tune into the connection between maybe the stress or focus or distraction that we're feeling that contributes to how we hold ourselves like posture wise as an example so all these little things that have side benefits like improving your posture and reducing repetitive strain and pain in our neck from all the work we do all the time they have all these other benefits um, that are physical that you know prevent injury but also help to uh, reinforce that mind-body connection that help to reinforce um, our awareness of what the experience of being in our body is because that I think is really important for boundaries because boundaries are physical they're emotional they're psychological they're all of these things all intertwined in a messy mix and so the more we can um, bring uh, an awareness to that connection maintain that connection it's like all these pieces together I think that that helps us to trust our intuition more because we can distinguish between, um, you know, poor posture and a gut feeling that something isn't right. Yes, thank you for for touching on that and, and distinguishing between emotional and, you know, spiritual as well and physical and all that. And I want to just reiterate too that this concept of you know, keeping your boundaries and establishing boundaries in the first place is really to me about owning space, owning your own space, taking up space, being able to take up space, um, acknowledging that you as a human being are very much in this world, uh, which comes back to self-awareness. And, you know, a lot of us have not been taught how to do that or not encouraged how to mm -hmm. do that so this sense of like you know self-care and we talk about it so much today it's like kind of like this hashtag self-care you know it's this thing that people just look at and see and it's it's so much more than you know bubble baths and all that it's it's actually like taking the time to go inward and to even notice you know there's a comment about narcissism that that like you live with a narcissist or that you know your parent is a narcissist or whatever you know, even just acknowledging that piece. And I think there's a lot of, around wanting to change it and having this sense of control, like you mentioned earlier. Being more self-aware actually enables us to just notice it and not change it, right? Mm -hmm. But going back to this, you know, taking up space piece, is self-care selfish in a way? You know, Your I'm thoughts? never ever gonna say that. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us feel bad for doing self-care. 
hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's um, selfish. It's reserved for only a privileged few. Um, I think that's certainly wrong. It is harder um, to establish <clears throat> a self-care practice or really make time, intentional time for it when we have a lot of demands placed on us um, every single day. But that said, there's always a possibility to carve out that space because doing the self-care actually builds a buffer for ourselves and allows us to get through the demands in our life and allows us to care for others more. If we never care for ourselves, we're gonna burn out and we're not gonna be able to care for others. And the, you know, probably the most common um, sort of illustration is that is, you know, the, not that anyone's flying anymore, but um, you know, you put your, the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? And then your child or your companion or whomever. If we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to care for others. And I know that the folks who say it's selfish to do self-care are usually those people who are trying to care for everyone else. Let's I put it this way. Mm -hmm. If we want to have thriving communities that are mutually supportive, where there's reciprocity and we're able to look out for each other and carry someone's load when they can't carry it themselves so that they can help us when we can't carry it. We have to be able to um, help ourselves when we can so that we're there and able to help others when others need it. So I certainly don't think that self-care is selfish. And I also think it doesn't have to look like, um, you know, a spa retreat or something like really intensive or time consuming. We can still do a lot with a little in terms of you know not much energy not many resources not much time so even the act of um, doing those check-ins is a form of self-care of picking you know one minute in the day where you're going to focus on your breath that's also an act of self-care taking you know an extra one minute in the shower to just enjoy just relax in the flow of water is also an act of self-care and so when we break it down into these um, shorter increments, uh, things that don't take equipment, they don't take, you know, another practitioner or someone that you have to hire to do it for you, we start to find there's all these ways to do self-care. And it may look different for each person because it depends on what really nourishes you. So looking for opportunities to do that, it might just be blasting music that you love and dancing around your living room. Like, I love that as self-care. That is one of my favorites, especially a song I can sing along to. Um, getting out in nature is great and not always available, especially if you live in the city. But even in, you know, go walk in a nice neighborhood where they've got like nice lawns, they've got beautiful flowers right now. Um, go to a city park, listen to some of the birds. These are ways that we can really um, calm our nervous system and nourish ourselves, nourish our spirit, nourish our body um, that are available to us. Um, it's just depends. You have to get away from the idea of I can't, I can't, I can't and look for opportunities and openings to do that. Um, as far as, you know, boundaries with a narcissist or other folks who may have personality disorders, yes certainly a challenge. And so as much as you may not be able to make them understand the need for the boundaries, what they are, or, or, you know, you can't force them to respect them. You can also put boundaries so that that person isn't in your life all the time, constantly, hopefully, and build space away from them for your own survival. So, yeah. Mm hmm Oh, yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. I feel like what you know, folks have just put in like time in nature, journaling, drawing, sitting under a tree. That's so nice. Outdoor walks with music. Dr. Mm -hmm. Kristen mentioned mm -hmm. like singing. Oh my goodness. Yes. How exciting is it to just sing, even if you don't have music on, to just sing exactly. whatever comes to your head, you know? <laughs> I'm like all the time, I'm just running around like, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> Which is probably applicable to setting healthy boundaries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love this. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. It's It's been really great. Again, mm -hmm. um, we're nearing question period. So if you have any of the things that are, you know, stirring within you, please 
please uh, do either, you know, message them to me so I can ask them or um, we'll, we'll let you come off mute and ask them in a bit. Um, Dr. Kristen, I didn't mention this and you didn't mention this in your bio, but um, you're also a Reiki practitioner. And so I wanted to bring that into the space a little bit because you and I also have that in common. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's talk about spiritual boundaries in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, strengthening, nourishing, uh, protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have those subtle energy bodies that a lot of us don't even notice mm -hmm. or, or acknowledge, right? So, you know, how do we, again, kind of enable those to be permeable to those who we permit um, to let in and, and maybe even impermeable to, you know, those negative, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those energy vampires, as we call yeah. them. Uh, you know, those folks in our lives sometimes that we can't really get away from. So mm -hmm. <laughs> let's let's chat about that. Yeah, the subtle energy bodies yeah. and how we can protect those. Mm -hmm. So I think the answer is really similar because our subtle en energy bodies aren't separate from us. Mm -hmm. It's all part and parcel. And so when I'm talking about, you know, feeling the experience of being in our body, that is inclusive of our energetic body. Um, yeah, because we just can't separate the two. And so protecting our psychological, our emotional, our physical boundaries has an impact on our energetics. Um, and then there's a lot of things that can interfere with us energetically and then we don't really realize, right? So it isn't a person who's offending us. It's like noise, literal and figurative noise. Okay, we'll just put it that way. Um, so ways that I work with folks around um, protecting the energetic body um, has to do with the visualization exercise that we're going to do shortly. And what we're tuning into when we talk about mindfulness and sensation in the body is we'll feel in our body when that energetic um, boundary has been crossed, when it's being perturbed in some way. We'll feel that in our body and we'll notice it. So we don't even have to know what Reiki is or what you know our energetic body is to know that something's off. And so that's why I think at any level, it's important to cultivate that self-awareness, that mindfulness of, of what is the experience in this body, because that's one of the ways we can um, know that something's going wrong. And that's the first step before we talk about how do we solve it, right? We have to know that there's something going on um, that isn't okay. And then in terms of how do we solve it? Well, nature is a wonderful one <laughs> because that it just automatically helps to sort of reharmonize everything. So as much as we can get into nature, get our feet on the ground, be surrounded by trees and what have you, um, that is extremely protective and nourishing, um, but again, not always uh, available. So um, we think about things like grounding ourselves, uh, focusing on the soles of our feet on the ground and feeling ourselves connected with the earth. Um, even the act of uh, doing a body scan can help because it brings again that um, harmony back when things are, are dissonant up here. It brings that harmony back into the body, which helps for our energetic bodies, our subtle bodies. Um, I don't know, Erin, do you think we should do the, the guided practice? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty fitted to this mm -hmm. uh, right now. So for everybody, um, it'll be about five minutes, right? Something like that. Yeah, I've never timed it. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, I'll so this is a, a practice that I've been doing with folks for years and I've um, been doing with myself for years. Um, so I would just invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable to do so, to sit comfortably with your feet flat on the ground if possible. You can lay down, you can sit cross-legged, however you're feeling comfortable and at ease. And as you close your eyes, just take a few deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth or nose. Just feeling your abdomen expand with each inhale and exhaling any stress or tension that you may be holding on to. And as you expand your whole rib cage, front sides and back, and your abdomen and exhale fully, just start to relax your body and start to visualize a little energy growing. It can be in the center of your body, might be over your heart or over your lower abdomen, wherever comes up naturally for you. A little ball of energy starting to just move around and it may have a color, may have a texture, 
just let that start to grow. Continue gentle breathing. As that energy starts to move through your entire torso and grow to fill your entire body, spreading to your limbs, down your legs, your upper legs, your lower legs, all the way down to your feet and connecting to the ground. Spreading through your shoulders, your arms and your hands, all the way up through your neck, your head, your face, just feeling that energetic vibration through your entire body. Notice if there may be different colors, different textures. Know that this is your chi. This is your internal energy. It powers you and it nourishes you. And it vibrates your entire body. It's flowing through all every cell. And as you feel entirely filled up with this nourishing energy, allow it to gently ease out of your skin and for an envelope around your entire body. As you continue that breath, allow that energy to expand a little farther out. Whenever you're ready, allow it to expand just a little bit farther out. The energy source is coming from your torso, from your center, flowing through all of your body, emanating from your powerful body, and it feeds back into you, continuing to nourish you, continuing to pick up the energy from the world, from the earth, from the air, and feed back into you. It's a closed loop. Allow that energy body to expand even more. So you have something of an eggshell around you and that's all your nourishing, vibrant energy that is protecting you. It's nourishing you. It's guiding you. It is you. That entire egg is now entirely surrounding you and around it, is a hard shell. That shell can be the hardest fiber that you can think of. Polycarbonate, uh, titanium, vibranium. It is impermeable to anything that does not have your express permission to come in or out. Just be for a moment in that protected egg full of your wonderful, loving, nourishing energy. Just feel that. Know that this energy body is always around you. It is always with you. It is always protecting and nourishing you. Anything that goes out or in can only do so with your express permission. Take a couple more breaths here and just bask in that wonderful energy. When you're ready, start to come back into your body. Move your hands, wiggle your feet. Just slowly open your eyes whenever you're ready to do so. So I hope that this practice has been helpful for you. I know you can watch the recording and listen to it again if it is helpful. The more we do this practice, the easier it is to call upon. We can call upon it quickly, um, the more we practice. And I encourage you to do this as a practice on a daily basis. If you have to deal with folks who you feel may not be respectful of boundaries or who might just be you know, very energetically charged, it's really good to do that practice before you have an encounter with them. If you feel overwhelmed by sort of what's going on out in the world right now, do the practice before you leave your home. 
can do it anytime, any place. No one has to know that that's what you're doing. Um, but it, it can be uh, really helpful if it resonates for you. Yes, echoing all the comments section here. Thank you so much, Dr. Kristen. That was very, very grounding. I feel like just from a couple seconds ago, way more grounded than mm -hmm. before. Thank you. And this I love is, that eggshell. Yes. Also a wonderful opportunity when you do a practice like this to check in with yourself at the end of it, to notice how your vibration has changed, how the experience of that sensation in your body has changed, your breath has changed, the pace, the content of your thoughts, all of these things are things we can tune into to reinforce the benefits of the practice. Mm, thank you again. Um, at this time, uh, I'll open the floor for some questions. And uh, yeah, go ahead and feel free to unmute or um, you know raise your hand. Maybe that's easiest. There's an option on Zoom to raise hand mm -hmm. or uh, write in the chat, whatever you like. Um, I will also use like the next 15 seconds just to uh, share um, Dr. Kristen's website is kristenmarknd.com. So I'll put that in the comments as well. And, you know, as I said in um, earlier in the introduction, Dr. Kristen's doing a lot. Um, she's always, you know, having some workshop or something, seminar going. Uh, beautiful, beautiful work that she's doing. So yeah, feel free to definitely check her out, kristenmarknd.com. And, and also, um, I will just reiterate to go check out that report. Um, it's called Reclaiming Power and Place, the final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Um, super, super helpful to just kind of get situated, especially, um, you know, towards Indigenous women, girls, and also to spirit LGBTQ folks um, who are experiencing their, you know, their rights and their boundaries and being violated every day. So keeping, keeping our Indigenous sisters and brothers and two-spirit folks in our heart as we, as we go. Definitely. And I think also being aware of that is helpful to keep our politicians accountable because there's a lot of lip service following that report and we want to see concrete action. Yes, definitely. Uh, I have a, have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, it's coming from someone in the audience. So um, she says, yes, I'm also an empath. Uh, I find that I forgive others even when they mm -hmm. disrespect me before I even have a chance to realize and acknowledge my own hurt. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> How do I put myself first? Oh my goodness, this sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> It's so easy to do because we want to, we want to forgive because we don't want to be angry because angry, anger is poison to ourselves, right? So we want to forgive. Unfortunately, when we're so fast to forgive, like you said before, even acknowledging a hurt, it's not really a full, full forgiveness because then we're also going to feel bad um, about ourselves. And then we have to forgive ourselves for, you know, forgiving too soon. It's a whole thing so how to answer the question wonder being with maybe what is it that makes you feel the need to forgive or to verbalize a, a forgiveness to somebody who has um, violated a boundary and being okay with withholding that until you're really ready until you've had time to reflect on how am I actually affected how do I feel also understanding that even if you have, you know, told someone, oh, I forgive you, it's fine. It's okay to go back and say, you know what, I know I said I forgave you, but I also have realized that I feel this, this, and this, and I want to let you know. And it's okay to ask of someone to acknowledge that, to acknowledge your feelings. That's part of the process of forgiveness. Um, we give someone the opportunity to see how we feel and to understand it and to take responsibility for their part in that. So yeah, I think that that's part of it. And the other thing that I just want to say around forgiveness is sometimes we don't have to. And sometimes it's not just a, a simple process of I forgive you and it's over. It can be, you know, I, I'm letting go of some resentment or anger, but that doesn't necessarily equate forgiveness. 
And it's okay if you don't forgive some people. Some people do things that are not particularly forgivable. And that doesn't mean that we have to hold them accountable, that we have to be angry and hurt forever. But it also doesn't mean that we have to absolve them. Yes, very well said. Thank you. I also want to thank the folks who are putting the comments, um, the response to the to the guided practice. It's good to know that they're having positive impacts and effects um, with it. So I appreciate knowing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, less anxious, mm -hmm. shifting energy from chaos. I love that. It's funny. I've been doing this um, practice for so many years and the shell portion and the hardened portion is a newer development because I had been finding, even though I'm pretty quick with it and I, and I use the spray regularly, it's been harder and harder to get that protection. I'm still feeling very bombarded often. And so that, that extra hard shell and that really emphasis on the express permission I found has been helpful um, of late. Thank you. Any other questions right now, anybody? So I will also just take this opportunity to let people know. So as Erin mentioned, I am doing things <laughs> and I'm just starting to try and get some of the recorded sessions that I've done up on my website. So you can certainly check those out there and there should be more coming up in the coming days and weeks as well. Um, there's one up there already about getting a good night's sleep. So that's really helpful um, for uh, coping with stress and other issues. And there's a stress busting tools and techniques one that is coming up as well, which incorporates some of the mindfulness practices that we talked about today. So that should be up uh, by tomorrow if you guys want to check that out as well. I love it. And I have one question, one more question. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Kristen, just, just from me, um, and this is something I ask all my guests here on the podcast, what keeps you inspired? <laughs> <clears throat> I think that what really keeps me inspired is seeing, seeing all that is discovered when people are doing this introspection, this self-awareness and, and self-love, practicing self-compassion, because it inspires me when I can continue to do it. When I start to stray, I feel like it always then comes up in the work. And the folks that I'm working with are like, yes, I did this practice and all of these things are shifting. And even very subtle shifts, like the impact of it can be so huge. And when I see that happening, I feel very inspired and very motivated and very um, assured that I'm on the right path in terms of the work that I'm doing and what, where I'm putting my energy each day. Mm. Oh, blessings. Thank you so much. Of course, the floor is still open. Anybody have anything to say? Any comments? Any questions? Love to hear your beautiful voices. I'll just make a comment. I, so much of what you said are things that I know in, in I've heard, but the way that you articulate, Kristen, is just phenomenal. Like, you really bring things together for me. So thank you. And sorry you. for the noise in the background. <laughs> okay. We love baby squeals in the background. <laughs> thank you, Natalia, for that. <clears throat> thank you. That's really lovely to hear. I, as I mentioned in my sort of intro, my motivation here isn't to hear myself speak, but it's, it's my own experience and understanding that these things aren't just a given for everyone. They're not presented to just everybody. And so I, I try to articulate so that I can share that with other folks so that people have the opportunity to realize, oh, I can trust myself. Oh, I can feel comfortable in my body. Maybe I won't today, tomorrow, or the next day, but there are, there's a path in that direction. Um, so thank you. <laughs> mm. Thank you. If no one else has anything else to say, I'll just wrap up. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Kristen, for joining us here um, for episode 34 of Inspiring Insights. 
we just we just keep getting better we just keep getting better <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everybody for joining in um, I will mention uh, my own mindfulness course through Reawaken Co is dropping uh, this coming week as well as a six-week uh, online module-based course take anywhere watch anywhere um, you know, developing awareness. If you like some of the stuff that we talked about here today, um, we've got mindful body scanning, we've got mindful eating, um, how to face pain, you know, through gratitude, through real self-care and through just learning the, the foundations of mindfulness and meditation. So I'll just drop that link as well for anybody who's interested. You can join the, the wait list. And Yes, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for allowing that plug. <laughs> thank <laughs> Love you so much. I loved everything. Thank you so much. It was really moving. Thank you. Thank you. I struggle thank with you. everything that you mentioned from chronic pain all the way up to the very end. So, so not wrapping up, just moving on. So thank mm. you. It was very helpful. Thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for your feedback. Thanks. I'm glad I was here. Glad I could be here. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Aaron. Thank Thanks, you so Brittany. much, everybody. <laughs> it's awesome. I will bid you good night. Thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, it's on YouTube and um, all the all the Spotify and Google Casts and all that. We're here every Wednesday doing the same with uh, different practitioners, different coaches different folks in the wellness space, artists, creatives, a bunch of different ways that we can heal. So thank you again, Dr. Kristen. And, and I will say, soon. I think this is a great resource for folks to check out to get to know different practitioners. For me, I offer free consultations if you want to work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so there's that and a lot of practitioners uh, offer that. So I encourage you to look for those because the people you work with will have a big impact. You want them to have a big impact. And so you want to make sure that you're working with the right person. So things like, you know, the Inspiring Insights podcast and, you know, taking advantage of free consultations with folks can really give you the opportunity to connect with the right support team. Thank you. I'll leave it at that. Have a good night, everybody.